My name is Scott Challoner, and you are listening to the Leaders Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of this programme will know, part of our mission here at the Leaders Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to that end, we're joined on today's programme by Tom Miller, a cloud security and IT sector entrepreneur with almost 30 years of experience in the industry, who currently runs the fast-growing startup business, Venari Security. Uh, Tom, very warm welcome to yourself today, and by all means, thank you for joining us on the programme. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure welcoming you onto the show, Tom. And obviously, we're going to be talking about kind of you and your business today. But interestingly as well, we're going to be talking a little bit about sort of your passion for sport, particularly boxing, which has obviously opened up a range of lessons that are applicable to the business world to you. And obviously, we'll be talking about that and some other things that leaders of today can learn from the ring and from other sports and how they can be applied into sort of growing your business and being successful. Um, but what I want to start with is your sort of journey into sort of leadership. I mean, you've been in the industry for quite a long time now. Did you always kind of get the sense early on that going and founding your own business, being entrepreneurial, let's say, was going to be the path forward for you? Yeah, I mean, I think that sort of going all the way back, I mean, I, I you know, my passion really when I when I was uh, at school was, um, well, I, I'm dyslexic is the first thing first. Um, I sort of struggled with a lot of school uh, school work and, and, and what have you. But, you know, I, I wanted to be a professional sports person. That that was that was it. You know, I was born and born and bred in New Zealand and the rugby and the, and the cricket was sort of the things that I was most passionate about. So, you know, I, 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 did, I wasn't... Um, you know, blessed with uh, a strong academic background, but you know, from what I learned from, um, you know, my passion for sport is what sort of led me um, to the path which is which has become being a leader in business um, today. Um, you know, in fact, my first my first ever job was actually, um, you know, was selling encyclopedias door to door. I thought I was going to an interview to mm. go and look at selling security systems that, you know, it was sort of laced with um, uh, some trickery, if you like, but. But actually, what I found in that environment um, was that there was a lot of structure and repetition and practice that that kind of I didn't really appreciate that at the time because I I kind of like a lot of people out there, you know, knocking on doors and what have you. You kind of think you know you're at the sort of bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the um, bottom of the tree sort of thing. But um, in fact, when I look back on that, all of those lessons that I learned. Um, at those sort of very early stages of my my career, and I count that that job as being really one of the foundational things that sort of set me on my my path um, to being um, successful, um, and sort of going through it again the repetition, the structure, and the practice that you had to go and do to become a good encyclopedia salesman. You know, really, um, I think will sort of come through and through as we as we go on. So, so yeah, I mean, so in, in that kind of environment, you are. You know, you're you're kind of set as your own boss, really, and and sort of that that really did set me set me up for that. So, you know, I, I came to to England and then got a job working, um, you know, for an IT company, and uh, you know, quickly became their their sort of top top salesperson. Um, and again, that was a sort of a high performance environment. I didn't realise again at the time, very structured, very sort of uh, old school, let's say, in terms of you know the way. The, the, the sort of rules around selling were um, delivered to you, but again, it was a it was a structured what I what I call now looking back on all these things is sort of a high performance structured environment that required a lot of practice. Um, and so, 
so yeah, leading myself into that, I, you know, I set up my own um, my own company um, not too far after after that in 1995, and and you know, I I quickly grasped onto the you know I hadn't gone to a single um, you know management training course, nothing. I had not not a qualification um, to my name, and uh, you know, I I, I just through um, you know the, the the aspects of my life which I think have excelled me into being you know, a good business leader is are the things that I sort of learned in the early days of, mm. you know, the rugby and the cricket is, is it was really about sort of team, team over talent. Those types of attributes would be the sort of single thing that I, that I kind of um, aligned to, but you don't, again, when you're a young person, you don't realize that you're in these environments and you're in them for a reason because they want to make you the best thing you can be. Um, and, you know, I didn't know how to run a business when I was, you know, 19 or 20, sorry, 21 when I set it up. And, you know, I made mistakes, you know, all the way along. And, you know, thankfully I was so good at relationship management. I had a good product or had a good service and, and I didn't let people down. And, and pretty much that was what sort of, you know, set me on my way really. Um, but I, I pay all of the, um, you know, all of the, the credit to the, to the sort of training that I had when I was younger and again, it would be around structure, repetition, and practice. Um, so, yeah, that that would be yeah. And then coming on to, you know, the the next phase is I, I built that company up to being, you know, a multi-million-pound organisation. Um, I exited and sold that business for you know what was then a record um, multiple at the time of eighteen point two times earnings mm. um, to a property firm, uh, sorry, a venture capital firm. And um, and then I went on to invest in, you know, other startups. And so I've seen a whole range of things. And, you know, I would say I probably put my my journey to Venari um, through a, a number of things, starting off early stages, you know, again, structure, repetition, practice, you know, leading me to being good at sales in another organization here in, in, in London, taking that on, learning from every mistake I made, hopefully didn't repeat them, probably repeated a few um, you know, promise myself not to do it again sort of thing, but all the way along through strong relationship management, you know, um, being a good bloke sort of thing, being a good guy to saying what you, you know, d doing what you say and saying what you mean, um, all, always to customers and staff, um, you know, was a real big part of what, what, what sort of set me on my way. So, mm. you know, coming up to that, you know, we had Venari, which is, uh, um, a startup, which I'm now, which I'm now running as CEO, but we're, we're well-funded you know, great management team and what have you, but we can maybe talk about that in a little bit. But that's that's my journey to this this end was very much around the, those sort of key mm. attributes that I that baked in at a very young age. Yeah, and it seems that they've all sort of had a real significant influence on you as a person and uh, sort of helped develop you into the entrepreneur that you are today. And given the influence that all of those things have had, um, how would you sort of describe your personal leadership style now that you're at the helm of a business? Yeah, I mean, I, I again go back to the, the, the sort of summing it up in just a couple of words. It's team over talent, you know, mm. quite simply. You know, it's all about team, culture, structure, you know, and, and, and you know, I learned from, you know, one of the leaders of the, you know, the, the special forces um, here in the UK that mm. you cannot, um, you know, deliver a strategy without first having culture and then a structure to deliver that and they were the sort of three attributes that i've i've sort of taken forwards in 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 my leadership is that you know really defining the the simple things that you need to do and do them really really well 
Um, I think a lot of the issues we come up against and things you learn as you go through your career is that you, as a small business, is you just try and you're just doing too many things, and you know, and and it's a really difficult sort of cycle to break. But you know, eventually, you know, through through people that you listen to, mentors that you may take on board, non-executive directors, whatever these people are, that if you listen to them, are a um, ability to take instruction and listen and want to learn. Um, is is really a, a real key, you know, a real real key thing to, um, you know. So so I would say sum it up. It's, it's really team over talent. Going back to, you know, all the things I learned in, in sport really, because I didn't really have any of the other management um, training and mm. you know academic um, education or anything, you know, excelling in any of the other areas. So I was very much related to sales. Um, you know, uh, great relationship management, um, really good at, uh, at listening and, and taking on board um, others' advice that have been there and done it before. And um, yeah, I mean, that, and, and then and then trying to deliver and, and you know, if you fail, get up and do it again, do it again, do it again and repeat and repeat and repeat. So um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, so I like to think that it's, it really is about team over talent. Mm. Yeah, and it's also that sort of responding to sort of failure and setbacks, isn't it, as well, and learning from that. It's that positive mentality rather than seeing setbacks as a terminal thing because every single time that you sort of go into leadership and you're running a business, you're always going to face challenges along the way. You're going yeah. to learn along the way that you're never a finished article. You're always learning. And I suppose sort yeah. of taking a, um, on a startup business, I mean, the last couple of years have probably been one of the biggest challenges you could possibly face with the uh, the COVID situation. And obviously, I think it would be a bit remiss of us if we didn't touch on that briefly. Um, how was it sort of for you addressing that challenge and guiding your business through the pandemic, particularly in your line of work? Because when it came to sort of the IT and the technology industry, businesses have tended to do sort of quite well in that arena over the last couple of years, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting um, area, really. I mean, I, I, I invested in, the, in a company that failed during uh, not adequately preparing themselves financially. And I'd invested in a company that, you know, because of the planning and um, failed, you know, was, you know, um, failed to plan, prepared to fail sort of thing, um, you know, not having the cash reserves to sort of see them through, you know, a couple of months out meant that the organization wasn't able to raise funding. And, and so so I took the decision to acquire the, the, this company in the middle of the pandemic, okay, which was, you know, for me, you know, quite a... Um, uh, a big task because I didn't intend on um, becoming a CEO again of a, another company. But unless someone was going to go in and save this great technology business and great gap in the market and be able to do something with it, we were all going to lose our money, which was you know, a fairly significant amount of money that we put into to the organization. So, so we started the business in the pandemic and, and really from, you know, putting together the planning, you know, I, I was thankfully blessed with, you know, a lot of startups don't have the experience that I had when I started this. And, you know, having learned all of the mistakes of the past and all the successes that, that we'd also achieved and learned from those things as well, I was able to bring together, you know, a fantastic, um, we already had a great technology that was, and, 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 and it served a purpose and a gap in the market. Um, because of the management team that I was able to bring together um, and because of my experience raising the money um, that we raised six million pounds in our first raise, which for a startup is, you know, we're we're sort of sitting right at the very top of the triangle. Not that many organisations raise that much money um, to begin with, but 
but by having the experience, by having a strong management team, a great product or a great product um, that, that we could you know, further develop it into to being the real article, um, we were able to raise the money and then you know go on a journey of acquiring the people to come in and, and, and help the business. That meant me having the opportunity to, to, to bring in um, a great leadership team that, that um, many of those people that I'd known. So, so it's, it, it's, it's almost a, a tale of someone else's failure, which is the startup leading to identifica- identification of an opportunity and then having the opportunity to come in and sort of save that business and all the staff that, 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 that were in it. Um, so there was 15, 16 people in, in the company um, and being able to turn a, a, a bad story into a really good story. And we're at the, you know, we're at the very early stages of, um, you know, making our way as, you know, one of the leaders in, you know, encrypted, you know, traffic analysis, which is a really interesting space. So, so, you know, but the pandemic was, um, you know, something that in the tech space, as you've mentioned, was something that actually did create a lot of opportunity for lots of, lots of organizations. It meant that, you know, um, organizations will, will come back to this preparedness thing again, you know, organizations that had planned to move their businesses to the cloud and, and what have you, were less vulnerable to um, system failures and 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 um, uh, scale and all these things because typically before we entered the pandemic, um, you know, just um, don't quote me on these numbers, but let's just use the eighty twenty rule that previously, you know, before pandemic, eighty percent of our staff were in the office and twenty percent were at home. We'll flip that on its head in the pandemic. Eighty percent of the people were at home, but more. And 20% of the people who were in the office, and and unfortunately for a lot of the companies that hadn't prepared um, for um, you know thinking about resilience and what have you, those companies that would had adopted cloud and and um, other other third party or a, a sort of a, a cloud first strategy, were leveraging the the scalability of um, the cloud and what have you, and leveraging other people's um, uh, technology, whereas organisations that hadn't prepared and planned. Um, appropriately, not saying people probably could have done for the pandemic, but we're left with a situation where systems were overloaded, you know, VPN boxes and stuff couldn't cope with 80% of the staff coming in rather than 20% of the staff. Organizations were running for the, to, to migrate to the cloud really quickly. That opened up a whole host of um, security vulnerabilities as people moved really quickly. Um, you know, it just changed and shaped the, the way where we are today. And, and as we well know, probably now, you know, organizations have learned to, to, mm. to, to have this kind of sort of hybrid model. And who knows whether we're going to go fully back to working in offices. Um, it's an interesting thing. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of a, um, you know, it's, it, you know, some companies, and depending on their leaders, um, I think everyone's heard the sort of Elon Musk um, um, quote recently, and and most other companies are not doing that. They're leaving the, the freedom of, of um, to, to the to the individuals. And I think as as we as we go through this um, step change in technology, um, yes, there have been a huge amount of organisations that have have really benefited from this. Um, but I'd I'd like to think that that organisations as well have learned. And and you know, I would say that I was probably the person that would be wanting to be in the office. I'd like to create culture and build teams in in these environments and we were unable to do that during the pandemic and so it's um it's led to learning you know new skills and i think those skills are 
are going to are going to be the ones that sort of take us forward. You know, mm. the new next generation of kids and stuff growing up. I, you know, they they want to consume anything on any anywhere, anytime. You know, I don't think they believe they need to. I don't think you know they believe. They, I think most of them think they can make a fortune from TikTok or you know or, or having loads of Instagram followers. And you know, clearly we know there is only a few people that probably out of all the people make make you know significant. Um, money out of things like that so the so the but the thing is the younger generation have a different view and they've all lived through this pandemic and i don't think being cooped up in offices is going to be the way forward um you know but as i say you know from a security perspective it's changed the dynamics it's changed the way companies um, look at resilience look at operational resilience in, in its entirety um planning you know let's come back to pra- pra- planning and practice Mm. And we'll get on to the sporting thing. I've mentioned that from the very, very top. But um, you know, I think you know, planning. It's all. It's all about planning and 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 practice for me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you mentioned, of course, the sports thing. We will be getting on to that very, very shortly because something that became apparent during the pandemic as well is that we became far more aware of work-life balance and not being cooped up in sort of office spaces, houses, actually getting out, spending time in the outdoors, going and doing things. And for you, I mean, obviously that's been through sport, through boxing, and uh, obviously as as much as sport can sort of help us out physically, it's the mental benefits as well that have proven especially helpful for you, Tom. Um, So... Um, what kind of um, sort of lessons have you sort of taken from boxing and how has it sort of changed you as a person? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the things that have, have changed me is I think, um, you know, it, it's one, you know, you have to look after it. I think, you know, ha- I'm, I'm sort of blessed with always having played sport and I don't know that not, not everyone has done that and I appreciate that. But I think getting back in the gym and realising that, you know, through the pandemic and well actually I was doing it before the pandemic but you know really really realizing that your mental health and you know it was tough for a lot of people you know and I think we had it a lot better than some of our friends and what have you who you know and so so I I really think that you know getting back and um and being able to use um you know uh, a sport like boxing because you're in this kind of little bubble for the period that you're in there and the, the training is really intense, and as long as you're you're aware that you know you have you can run at your own pace, but everyone's trying to push you the whole the whole whole time. And what you get in that in the environment that's created if you're in a in a good gym, which I was, um, was that you have this kind of it reminded me of the rugby, of the rugby sort of dressing room or the the team that was around you. You know, it didn't matter whether we we I trained with professionals, amateurs, and and keep fitters like I would call myself a keep fitter. You know, and and it didn't matter. We were all on the same level, and everyone was everyone was sort of you know not so much high fiving or any of that sort of jazz, but but really it you felt like you were part of a family, a team, and and everyone wanted the best for you. So it was you know if you're the you know sort of overweight person, which I was when I started doing doing it, really struggling at you know high heart rates and what have you. Yeah, everyone was behind you to you know push yourself to do the next push up. Yeah. yeah. The, the next squat, the next, you know, burpee, whatever it was that you were doing. And, but it never came with a, you know, you're not as good as us type feeling or, you know, and, and that, and I really mean that that's, that's the way a, a good boxing gym is, is run. So, so I think from that, the mental health aspects that come into that of, of working as hard as everyone does. And I think a lot of people had, 
pandemic start. I mean, for me, it was a startup. We're really working every hour that we could. By having that kind of sort of two-hour release, you know, twice a week that became sort of four times a week, really, really was. I can't even tell you how how valuable that was. Um, and I've seen people inside that gym who have had bad past and have been locked up in prison for doing really bad things and have really turned their lives around. So seeing, seeing the fact that we walk in there all as equals, I'm not an entrepreneur, I'm not this, I'm not that. I'm just like the guy standing next to me training and, and being able to sort of um, understand that that, that that is helping him as much as it's helping me really did a hell of a lot for me. And, and I think that, you know, and I, I, owe, I owe a huge sort of debt to, to boxing. Um, and I think that, you know, that's going to be part of what I do, you know, try to help in the future um, by sort of changing and turning lives around that, you know, once you see that someone's, you know, done some bad things, but actually they've improved as a person, improved their, 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 um, their goals in life, they've got jobs, they're working hard, you know, and they're using that boxing to keep them on the track. You know, there's a hell of a lot you can do with that. Um, and I think the people that I've been working with in particular have done, uh, you know, they're like supermen to me. I mean, they're, they're, they're absolutely, you know, some of the best best people I've, I've ever met. And are there some of those positive elements that you've learned from the gym, like everybody going in as equals, keeping each other on track, motivating each other, you know, the mental benefits, are they also translatable into sort of the business environment and you take that back into the workplace? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I think, you know, what you what you find when you go in, and I go back to the first thing about the encyclopedia, is sort of structure, repetition, practice. It's the same thing. You know, every single time you enter the gym, you're kind of getting, you, you know, you're getting yourself warmed up. You know, um, you're doing some strenuous exercise. You're on the pad at the end. Um, you're doing your abs at the end, you know, and, and it's kind of just, and, and it's just a, and, and and when you get ready to go into the ring, that's another step up because for the first time you're going in, you know, you're going in a boxing ring with another person, you know, similar same size to you, that that's there to you know, hurt you basically, and 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 nothing gets you more um, uh, prepared than you know for thinking that you're going to get punched in the face and what are you what are you going to do about it, and and so. You, 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 it, it is really about repetition, practice, repetition, practice, and you know, I, I, I always get surprised as to how little sometimes people actually practice in business. You know, how do they practice their pitches? You know, how do they, you know, when they're doing their their, their business planning, how how much do they go and seek external advice? What are the mm. what are all the ways you could fail? People often look at all the ways you can win rather than look at the ways you could fail. And I'm I'm kind of at the other end of it, thinking, how am I going to lose this deal? How am I going to, you know, not get this money come in? How am I, you know, what 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 things could happen that could prevent this happening? And I think, you know, so I think for business leaders, you need to sort of flip it on the reverse it has worked for me maybe it's not going to work for everyone but but i i really um believe that you know if you're going to go out and present something to someone you know you practice your pitch you know you practice you adapt you change you practice again and and it's kind of and, and that also um you know without people knowing what they're doing and going all the way back to me not really knowing what I was doing when I was being told to sell encyclopedias or go and knock on someone's door. It was that repetition. So you kind of just, it just happened. So, and obviously culture and, you know, creating a high performance culture in a business is all about, 
you know, people just doing things without them actually knowing that they are actually doing the things you've trained them to do. It mm. just becomes natural. And I think that, that the boxing thing, I mean, I, you know, I, I, in my, in my one fight that I had, you know, I, I did, I probably boxed over 35 rounds with different boxers and, you know, I was so prepared and, and I was not prepared to fail. Do you understand? I was accepting that I could fail, but I was going to give myself the best chance I possibly could. And, um, thankfully for me, I was far more prepared than the other guy. And, and, I won in the first round and knocked him out in 43 seconds. So, so it, it was one of those things. And uh, that if you if you do and do and do and and you know that that's the lesson that you can take from from boxing is to take that you know repetition and practice. Um, and again, you probably heard me say this time and time again because it's, these are words that I think business leaders need to to really bring into the everyday life of their, their, their environments. Cause I think that's how you create really good culture, um, within an organization. This goes to show what leaders can really learn from not just boxing, but also sport in general, isn't it? That sort of prepare train mentality, just repeat that process. Just make sure that you are yeah. ready for things. And it is staggering, isn't it? Just sort of how few do sort of prepare in that way um it certainly is and certainly something to consider for anybody tuning into uh, to this podcast today yeah. and um having sort of yeah. summed up um those lessons that you've learned from sports so well tom uh, during this session um i'd be interested to understand actually just before we wrap up um what your plans and ambitions are for the next 12 months both in and outside of the uh, the ring Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I want to. Um, so obviously, we've we've got a not obviously, but we, Benari is, um, is is has raised a significant sum of money. We've, we're now going to market. We're selling our product to, you know, um, you know, some very significant organisations um, right now. Um, we're running we're, we're running into a, a second round of funding, which um, we want to complete by the end of the year, and so that's really important. It's a really important um, um, milestone for the organisation that will provide. The things that we've learned over the past 12 months and or 18 months since we've had the organization you know we've, we've learned an awful lot about the people the technology um the market the changes you know and we're putting all of that into into our plan to take us forward into the next next into the next 12 months and so you know really this year is about getting the the technology proven inside of you know some some uh you know some fairly significant organizations and brands and then next year is about rolling it out to the more general uh, general market. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of activity going into um, refining our messaging, um, getting our uh, partners. So we have we're, we're very much a partner driven. We will be very much a partner driven organisation. So really enabling those organisations to understand really really simply about our value proposition and be able to position it for their organisations. So we've got you know a lot of work to do with. Um, those those partners and training sales teams to be able to to take our platform and implement it in their their organizations i mean um you know out, outside of outside of um you know work it really is you know i have um i have five children you know we're a busy we're a busy place um you know it, it's trying to make sure that i spend and, and i'm not um so self selfish with my time that i get to spend good quality time with the family um and making sure that that sort of work-life balance which you know sometimes can you know feel like it's disappearing a little bit making sure that you always go back to the the thing that sort of got you in the first place which is the support that you have you know around you every day which is generally your your family 
You know, I think that that that's mm. that my two sort of concentration points. And then obviously getting back in the gym and 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 um, getting back to boxing. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And you're so, so right about that work-life balance. I mean, it's so important, even as leaders, that, you know, we take that time out and lead by example on mental health and well-being. It is so, so critical. And uh, best of luck, of course, yeah. with uh, the business, um, Tom, and also the uh, the boxing side of things. And with all of those big plans in motion on the business side, especially, I'd uh, love to perhaps even catch up at some point in the next year and just see how yeah. all of that's coming together. Fantastic. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Thank you for your time today, Tom. It's been an immense pleasure welcoming you onto the uh, the program today. And uh, by all means as well, do take care and stay safe with all that is still going on as well. Thanks very much. It was indeed Cheers. an immense Bye-bye. pleasure welcoming Tom Miller from Venari Security onto today's show. And I do hope that everybody tuning in thoroughly enjoyed uh, today's interview. Um, just for everybody listening in today, um, if you have heard Tom's story and you feel that you have your own to come and share with us, then we do want to hear from you. So why not also apply to be on the program via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply and share that story with us and the wider world. For now, you've been listening to your host, Scott Challoner on today's episode of the Leaders Council podcast. Please do take care and goodbye.